that was like crazy. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, um, it's the meditation, though, that helps them be still. Okay. And so we kind of as a society have things backwards. <laughs> like, oh, well, they're not going to be able to sit still, so they, they can't meditate. Right. Or I don't have time to meditate. I've had mom, busy moms, busy single moms, busy married moms, mm-hmm. any mom say to me, oh, I don't have time to meditate. That is the very reason why you should be meditating. Because you literally gain more hours in the day because you're reprogramming your mind Mm -hmm. and your body to act in harmony. So then you're flowing through the day. You actually gain more time. That was Lene Braxton. And I'm your host, Joe Lemon. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. This is one of the most needed episodes I've published in a while. So with everyone dealing with everything that's going on, and I don't need to get into the into all the fear mongering that people have probably consumed throughout the day. But a lot of people are already thinking about their futures. They're stressed about how the next three to six to nine months is really going to play out for them. They're thinking about how they're going to manage and making those tough calls. There's a lot going on. It's crazy times. There's interesting times. And this is the perfect time for us to really talk about self-care, talking about Pressing in and slowing down, understanding what we're really trying to accomplish. And sometimes those conversations got to happen in silence. And so this is perfect timing to bring on today's guest, Lene Braxton. She's the founder of the Holistic Performance Center out of Atlanta. We recorded this episode at the legendary Patchwork Studios. And honestly, you know, it's one of those type of people, man, that's just passionate. You can tell she kind of draws it out of me even throughout the conversation. She's passionate about helping people become their best selves and optimizing their potential, right? So, I mean, I love everything about that because even though this is uh, one of those growth shows, the sales podcast, you know, we definitely get into just how you can constantly talk about the tactical and different strategies that you can deploy on a regular basis to help scale your business. I mean, during these during these moments, sometimes the best strategy that, that we can all practice is stopping for a second and being with our loved ones, taking time to kind of treat and care for ourselves. And so when we think about Lene's origin story into healthcare, it's pretty remarkable, honestly. So she originally got started into it whenever she was one of the first black cheerleaders for the Carolina Panthers. And soon afterwards, when she was around 24, I believe, she was diagnosed with MS. And so this really sparked her interest in trying to find a lot of holistic approaches, such as fasting for clarity and allowing your body to self-heal, talking about everything from hypnosis to guided meditation. There's a lot of tools out there that you can really deploy. You know, one of the key conversations I think that you guys should listen for during this episode is the ability to be able to tap into your flow state. And this is something that I first came across when I read this book, or I didn't read the full book, I skimmed it and I found some case studies about it. But this whole flow state is really, really interesting. I think this is going to take the sports world by storm. Because if you think about, you know, how we've, people are so much bigger, faster, stronger, and we've really maxed out what the physical body is capable of. I mean, we're trying to find that 0.1% difference now, right? But when it comes to the mind, we're wide open. I know you guys have heard, you know, all the different commercials from LeBron James's partnership with uh, Calm. And, and, you know, it, it's so true, though. It's like tapping into this unknown world that we haven't even begun to explore. And so, and so there's a really interesting case study where they train snipers 
how to become more accurate by only meditation and finding how they can drop into that zone where they're extremely focused, right? And so what they did is get a whole bunch of elite Navy Navy SEALs, I believe, and, and they, you know, didn't have them pick up their weapon. They put on these EEG headsets and they literally trained them how to tap into that flow state or drop into the zone and be able to shoot, hit the mark, and then drop out of it. So this happens within, you know, let's say a minute or so. And they all did better, but, you know, they're elite Navy SEAL soldiers, right? <laughs> the whole government spends roughly about $1.2 million on each, on each different soldier's training. So that's to kind of be expected. But for the case study, what they did is they started to reach out to civilians and they trained them how to become a better marksman without picking up a weapon. And that was impressive by just literally putting on those headsets, helping them find out how to concentrate drop into that flow state, take the shot, and then be able to hop out of it and then get back. So, you know, there's a, there's going to be a lot more of information and research and data coming out about the importance of us tapping into our flow states. It's important for athletes, but it's also important for all of us executives and high performers that are in the business world because we're out in the field. We're, we're out trying to grow our actual business during these crazy times. It's like, uh, imagine being down 40 to like three, right? But you still got to win the game. You still got to figure out how to kind of, how to kind of come out with the W. And so people are, you know, people are going to be running around stressed and you need to be able to drop into states and then drop out, de-stress. And so all that is a part of this conversation. And I think it's much needed because now more than ever, as I keep saying, with everything going on, I'm concerned about people out there and be honest with you guys I'm concerned about you guys getting maxed out and getting burned out <laughs> halfway through and so i'm saying this for myself as much as i'm saying it for you guys this is a great time for us to stop learn and practice some some real strategies that will help us maximize our abilities so when it comes to Lene Braxton, I mean, I'm really, I've really been impressed with the whole conversation. I look forward to doing more and more work with her on the actual podcast. I think we're just getting started. I want to see if I can steal her away from more episodes to, on these Wellness Wednesdays. We can talk about more meditation and just really helping, you know, everyday athletes, as I call us, the elite athletes of the business world. I got that from Jeb Blunt. But the elite athletes of the business world, because we're on the front lines, we're trying to scale, we're trying to grow during turmoil times and we need to be able to act as if we're just like LeBron James and finding time to rest and making sure that we're also managing stress and we're able to tap into flow states when it's time to show up and really perform and so with that said guys I want to get into the episode but before then I want to plug away at my guys from Syntac I've been using this tool that helps me reach a lot of people on LinkedIn I think it's a phenomenal tool I've been you know this is a great time to use these moments use these times when you're stuck inside the house to focus in on your community building like focus on building online activity like I just got done with a great webinar yesterday I talked about it in the in the episode where it was a whole online summit where they had people coming on and just, you know, talking about their business, trying to encourage people, helping out other business owners with different strategies around growth. And I think this is this is the moment where we really move into the digital age. We've been playing around with it, but I think the VR worlds and every, 
taking everything online is where this is going. And so prep yourself about how you can structure your actual business and your offerings around some digital services or at least have that channel available. So think about creative ways there and think about building something online using some tools like what the guys are using at Syntag. If you want more questions or have information about that, I'll have my email address in the show notes so you can easily get in touch with me. But with that said, guys, go ahead and pour you up something nice. Have a nice tall glass of water. Have a hot cup of tea. Pour up some red wine. Whatever you want to drink tonight. It's on you. <laughs> you know? And sit back and enjoy this conversation with me and Lene. Braxton. I'm, I'll be shocked if we even touch the surface of yet. And so to have on Lene Braxton onto the podcast. Welcome on to the show. Thank you. Hey, Joe. Well, Glad to be here. I mean, I mean, and, and you know, you're you're working in, in this space, a space that I'm really interested in. Yes. I mean, the fact that, you know, performance, health, wellness, um, yes. corporate wellness as well, right? You're doing some things yes, corporate, corporate wellness, mind, body, medicine, yes. mental health, all of that rolled into one. Yeah. I like to call it integrative performance enhancement. Love that. Uh, because it encompasses so many modalities. I, uh, as you mentioned, study performance. My bachelor's degree is in dance. Mm-hmm. I won't say how long ago I got that. <laughs> uh, did you go to Cal U? Is that right? No. Well, yes, for my first master's degree, okay. I did. That's I did awesome. go to Cal U. I forgot you're a Pennsylvania yeah, guy. Yeah, PA guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my uh, bachelor's degree is from UNC Charlotte, oh. University of North Carolina, Charlotte. That's go what Niners. you really want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go Niners. <laughs> and uh, Cal U for my first master's degree in exercise science, specializing in sports psychology. And uh, now I'm getting my second master's in clinical mental health counseling, as well as my PhD in mind-body medicine. You love that? You love... Education, I tell. <laughs> How'd you guess? That's phenomenal. How'd I, I, you I need, guess? I know, right? Only six or seven yeah. degrees. That's the, yeah. And, I <laughs> that's mean, it. Yeah. But you know, I feel like this is one of those spaces where you almost have to have that education. I mean, I mean, I mean, this, this is a little too. bit different than just kind of hands-on, real-world experience. You can't just break down some of these topics by just kind of, you know, living them out as some other professions can. It's true. It's true. There are a couple parts to that. Mm-hmm. I will say that, and I'll just say. Healers in general, yeah. um, clinicians, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Each each day I see a new term out there. But I would say that um, those of us in the helping professions, if you will, uh, are passionate about uh, helping people be their very best. Um, preventing illness, preventing mental illness um, and physiological illnesses as well as helping people to recover and, and really maximize their potential. You were saying we're trying to get that last bit, yeah. you know, whether it is an athlete performing on the field, you know, or uh, a corporate employee mm-hmm. preventing burnout, or even one of the clinicians helping them to prevent burnout. Because that happens a ton. It happens a ton. It runs rampant. Mm-hmm. And so that's where uh, a lot of my doctoral studies are coming in. Speaking of integrative mind-body medicine, using holistic modalities mm-hmm. to help enhance the medicine that we already have out there. And then also um, putting the science behind it. So we have, we do. I have to keep going <laughs> to school. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we need to have the science behind what yeah. we're claiming. Tell me how you feel about this statement, mm-hmm. because I, I love the fact that you're putting science into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like and this is me, me, me and my wife just talk coffee mm-hmm. shop stuff. right? Yeah. And we're just 
And we're, and, it's a beautiful and, thing. And we get woo woo a little bit now, especially now that we move out to the West Coast. Oh man, totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we we did start diving into that whole that whole realm a little bit. I but, love woo woo. You all are my people. <laughs> yeah. I'm slowly becoming. I'm, so, I'm slowly getting there. I, I mean, so you know, but but the science though, mm-hmm. how important do you think that is layered in with some of the things that are are, I say woo woo, but intuitive to us. You know, it's it's extremely important because and, and the reason why is that these modalities, the holistic modalities, they're ancient. Mm-hmm. They've been around for centuries, right. um, millennia, but people haven't really used them. And we've gone into Western medicine and new and newer medicine when really that isn't working. <laughs> you know, the healthcare model really does need to change. And so. What I'm finding is the science backed by behind some of the holistic modalities. It's allowing people to just revisit what we already have. Yoga, which I also teach, is not an is it's not anything new. Right. You know, it's it's centuries old. Ayurveda isn't anything new. That's a new one for me, though. Yeah. So Ayurveda okay. is ancient Indian uh, holistic way of living. Hmm. Ayurveda is a way of life. Uh, your prakriti or your constitution, meaning how your body, uh, how your body's made up, basically. Mm-hmm. For instance, somebody who may be very energetic, have a high metabolism, uh, a certain body type may be considered pitta, mm-hmm. and that is their dosha, their prakriti. And so, um, bringing in some of the Ayurvedic practices, there's a certain uh, way that pitta people can eat their sleep and it shows how they're out of balance or whether their doshas are vitiated and so that allows uh them to to either live harmoniously or if you have a buildup of ama or things in your body Mm. that aren't natural and aren't in line with ayurvedic principles then they say based on ayurvedic medicine and knowledge that that is the entry to disease Interesting. And that is what begins the disease process. So, you know, th- this right here is already really, really uh, getting some bells to go off for me because um, one of the things that, you know, like I was saying back back home, we, we mess around and I like to do like a lot of this um, intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. And, and But for my wife, it's like killer for her. It gives her immediate headache. Yeah. Maybe and, and we got two different, totally different types of body compositions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where I feel like I'm thriving, Mm-hmm. She's like, dude, we got our breakfast. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but I think it is something with that of understanding what your body really needs and understanding that that we're all made up differently. Made up differently. And I recently completed a 60-hour fast. Wow. So, you 60 know. 60-hour Yeah, okay. so for two yeah. and a half, almost three days. Yeah. Um, never experienced so much clarity. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely supplemented. There okay. are certain uh, nutrients that we, and minerals that we do need. Lots of water. Mm-hmm. Um. I had some bone broth, and we can talk about a little bit more yeah. how to how to um, do that. But as far as performance enhancement and getting to a place where you're literally breaking your body down so that it can heal itself, we all of our bodies, no matter what constitution we're made up of, yeah. we definitely have the ability to self-heal. So when you're intermittent fasting, that's essentially what you're doing. You're giving your body a break from digestion, from chewing, to be able to heal itself. So I would say if it's difficult for your wife, mm-hmm. it's probably more mental. Hmm. And she may be trying to match your energy mm-hmm. with how you're fasting. 
you all can do it together. But I would recommend just, you know, intuitively from from thinking about what you're saying, Mm -hmm. that she do her fast one way and you do your fast another way. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, We can talk more about that. Yeah. Well, so, you know what, before we dive in deeper, Mm -hmm. I think people need to kind of feel why you got into it. Oh, sure. Sure. How did you get into healthcare? How did you get into this? Yeah. Into this space of being interested (laughs) about people and. And like, um, what's the best fasting principles and everything else? Yeah, um, it's okay. So to make a long story short, because I know I I could literally talk about. (laughs) Yeah, I could. Okay, to make a long story long, I could talk about this all day because I'm so passionate about it. And I'm just laughing because you're talking about how your wife did your fast. I just want to throw in my husband looks at me like I'm crazy when I. (laughs) He's like, you're not eating for almost three days. What do you mean? (laughs) It's funny how that works out. I don't know one couple that's like, hey. We're we're just on the same wavelength. <laughs> she fast, I fast. Yeah, I haven't heard that story yet. I mean, I don't know that many people, but yeah, yeah. I haven't heard it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have to do. We could do things together, but just have to do them our own way. Right. Well, uh, my mother actually um, is a retired biology and chemistry teacher. She's a scientist and did a lot of biomedical research in the seventies, eighties, and and nineties before she retired. Wow. And so I've always kind of had the science in the back of my head, you know, grew up before it was popular to juice. She was juicing before it was popular to kind of put herbs on your food or do this holistic thing. You know, she was doing it. Yeah. Um, And how'd your mom get into it, by the way? I mean, uh, she she always just loved science. Okay. She just always loved science. So she was always reading about it in the past. Yes. Everything. Brilliant, brilliant woman. If she was doing doing that during the 80s and 90s, I'd have to feel she was way ahead of the curve. She was and actually 70s. Because okay. she uh, did a, she has two master's degrees, one in biology and one in chemistry, uh, and okay. she got that in the seventies on full scholarship at Bennett College, and oh. then went over to get to North Carolina A and T University to get her two master's degrees, full scholarship, full That's ride. Awesome. Yeah. So, and then for a woman, yeah. and then African American woman in the seventies, that was that was a big deal. It's yeah. Major. Yeah, really, really big deal. So that all that seed already being planted in my being was there but then I you know left for a while you grow up you eat anything you want you just kind of you know live life then in 2000 uh, I lost feeling on my left side and had some paralysis and within the course of about two days couldn't even walk and it went down pretty quickly and through a series of tests over about two week period, I was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis for those out there that don't know. And that was a life changing event in your early 20s, especially having been dancer, NFL cheerleader for the Carolina Panthers, actually the first black captain. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was the first time they ever had a team. There were 450 girls that tried out. Wow. Yeah, my senior year of college. How old were you then? I was 21. I was one of the youngest on the squad also. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Definitely a um, huge accomplishment. And our 25th anniversary, Mm -hmm. it's the 25th anniversary of the team this year, but our 25th anniversary, because we came along the second year, is next year. Dope. So that'll be, yeah, really, really cool. Uh, Super dope. Yeah. Um, But I digress. Yeah. The MS, mm-hmm. we're talking about that. So that, I will say that is the beginning of how I became super aware of how my health. How old were health. you? What's your MS? I, at the time, I was 24. Wow, man. 
Yeah, okay. very, very young. Yeah. Um, but a common age for MS diagnosis. Is it? Okay. Yeah, anywhere between, I think the last time I checked was 24 and then the 40s. It's a, it's a pretty common window of diagnosis. But wow. unfortunately, people are being diagnosed even younger, hmm. but they're living longer. Partly because there's medications to treat. There's a lot now. There's probably eight or nine medications out there to treat. But as far as preventing or curing, mm -hmm. nothing has really been found. Right, We've made some headway. Yeah. yeah. But um, I will say there are different types of multiple sclerosis as well. And there are different interventions. Recently, research has shown that intermittent fasting can definitely help. Wow. The with the progression of multiple sclerosis. I had not had a, a relapse in nearly 20 years. Hmm. And so um, this has been, hey, yeah, yeah, celebrate. definitely, yeah. definitely a gift um, until last February. Okay. And it, it was what we call a pseudo relapse because I didn't go all the way down where I had in 2000, but I couldn't walk upstairs by myself. It was, it was really, really humbling and uh, really, really, much of a wake-up call. And so that's when I talk about helping the helping professions and the healers and clinicians practice self-care. Because mm. for me, that was a wake-up call. Because you have to realize when you're pouring so much energy out, you have to get some back, too, yep. and give yourself some self-care. So we're touching on a lot of subjects. Um, no, but I, I, I mean, man, but it's true, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that especially if you're doing it out of a, like an actual labor of love. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like you just you just go because mm -hmm. you because this is what your calling is. This is what you got. It do. is. And but then it, it, they're almost kind of oblivious to the fact that things are happening to themselves. Yeah. Unf yeah. You know, that's kind of that double edged sword. Of it, it is. It is. But I came back within a week. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And it was just a way, I think, just a little nudge. Hey. Mm -hmm. Remember your self care also, but I will say that movement for me is medicine. Mm -hmm. Things like Pilates and yoga, things that I teach and incorporate. I have clients with MS mm -hmm. and other conditions, and really movement for them is helpful. In addition to other things, diet, um, meditation, re stress reduction, yeah. all of those things. Any clue what really spawned the whole MS? Uh, um. You know, there are a couple different theories out there, especially because there are several different types of MS now. Mm -hmm. Some people say that there's a, a, pre, a genetic predisposition to people who are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, that mm -hmm. there's something genetically that um, is activated, if you will, through some kind of virus or an environmental factor. Um, it used to be, I believe, in the 80s that MS was kind of known as the, they would say, white girl's disease. <laughs> and I know it's because of Annette Funicello. But then people like Richard Pryor yeah. were diagnosed. Um, and Montel Williams, who used to have a talk show yep. on. And um, then people I started meeting usually had some kind of heritage that was not African-American a generation or two back. Interesting. Uh, and they, there is um, a study that shows that people who lived in colder climates also had MS manifest in their bodies. And I say manifest in their bodies. And the reason I say that is because even though I'm telling my story in the hopes of helping people, mm -hmm. um, I don't claim it. It's not mine. Yeah. It's a condition that I was diagnosed with. Yeah. It's something that I work with, but it doesn't define me.
And because I've been healed yeah. to move and to help, it's not mine. So I also believe there's a little bit of society there that allow us to kind of take on the conditions we have, yeah. you know, whether it's diabetes or yep. the dreadful C word, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's just a lot of sickness out there. You know, to, to me, and this is one of the reasons why I love doing the podcast, because mm-hmm. I feel like healthcare needs a, a different message message behind it. It does. I think that health and fitness, like the aesthetics parts, mm-hmm. we've, we've done great. Like, I remember as a trainer, yeah. I think trainers, well, at least from yeah the the marketing. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Right? Because yeah. Yeah. I... Um, I also teach yes. spin and Pilates and yoga, as I was mentioning. And, yeah. and it's funny, when I came, kind of journeyed into this field because I was in corporate America for about 15 years. What'd you do? Um, I was a corporate paralegal. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Welcome so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, it was eventful. Uh, sure. Great career. I still have a lot of friends. Um, and former colleagues who then become my clients, sure. of course. Because um, lawyers get they, they yeah, get tons of stress. Tons. Whenever I was a trainer, I used to tons. train a couple of different lawyers over mm-hmm. at uh, King and Spalding, right across the street. Oh there. yeah, and yeah, man, they, not far at yeah. all. Yeah, like, absolutely. No, no, no. We're this. Is, we're just going in and out and yeah, flowing. Yeah, yeah. It's all connected, <laughs> as you can see. Yep. Um, I I would say that um, with fitness. I was uh, nominated as best bar instructor uh, a couple of years ago in Best Self Atlanta magazine. And um, it was interesting because that world, that fitness world is so commercial when I really was just being at home in the ballet bar Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then teaching those classes. But people were like my classes because I was adding in holistic modalities. So we do Mm -hmm. meditation at the end. We do some therapeutic exercise. And it was helping them prevent further injuries if they were to go out and do CrossFit or something else um, and then come back to my class and kind of recover because they were working the small eccentric muscles. But, yes, to yeah. your point, health and fitness, aesthetically, we've done a, we've done a great job. At least, at least with the messaging, I feel like, to where people mm-hmm. take action. Like, mm-hmm. because to me, like, I, I think about things like this. Okay, it's one thing if we can put, put together some nice words or videos or pictures, whatever they are, mm-hmm. um, and we can market things well. But if they don't spawn action, then I feel like we kind of missed it. I and, agree. And, and so, but, but when it comes to healthcare and just, you know, healing mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. and the language that we use, talking about, I'm a diabetic, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, most of my family has either type one or type two, yeah. and, and they, you know, and that's yeah. how they lead their convos. And I'm like, man, I wish there was, we could reposition that a little Almost bit. Almost you know? like a badge of honor. Right. You know, it, right. it makes us, um, a, a tr- you know, we're really a part of the family. We have it too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's true when, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> certain conditions are preventable. I mean, yes. literally preventable. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of us getting that message out. Yeah. yeah. When you say healing. That's why I think that talking about the science is really mm-hmm. also a part of it too. So, so all right, I want to I want to dive into all right. So we got into the MS part of your mm-hmm, life. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that that occurred. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That was huge. That that was huge, huge. Yeah. So, um, really the impetus. Mm-hmm. But now I, I really can say that move past kind of um, resting in that and yeah. beyond because you know be able to teach spin classes and yes. you know all of that it's it's a crazy journey yeah it is yeah. <laughs> really no, crazy yeah it's phenomenal i mean yeah. and then you get into sports psychology as well yes okay so yes when did you kind of tap into that because that's your master's yes, program is that that's right? my master's program okay. exercise science in the sports psychology yeah. really again for personal benefit yeah 
But um, I, I saw something recently that said talent plus um, passion or helping people equals purpose. Yeah. yeah, I think it was talent plus helping people equals purpose. And that that would be the answer to that question because um, having been an athlete and a performer, mm-hmm. the MS journey was uh, definitely physiological. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it required me to really get into my yoga practice and my Pilates practice and a lot of healing things, mm-hmm. but also psychologically. That literally was probably one of the biggest mental um, challenges, if you will, to overcome. Because a lot, I think, with with our lives is truly mind over matter. Mm-hmm. It truly is a matter of how we think. We are how, how we think. Um, I also... I'm a hypnosis practitioner in my, in part of my business, yeah. and um, and it's funny you you smile because I recently did some research on uh, minority interpretations or perceptions of hypnosis. I was about to ask some questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I started smiling. I was like, look, I got questions yeah. immediately. Yeah, <laughs> <But> yeah, <please. laughs> no, but um, hypnosis is a modality that I use to go into uh, my subconscious self-hypnosis or that of my clients. Because a lot of times, especially high-level, high-functioning athletes, we think with our conscious at the forefront. We're always thinking, we're always on, we're always strategizing. Mm -hmm. But deep in the subconscious, that is what reigns supreme, and that's what's true. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So uh, hypnosis, right? Mm Mm-hmm. How have people, and I'm, I'm not going to dive into this, but I'm going to just kind of <laughs> just, just, just start waiting in the water just a little ahead. bit. And, and, I mean, just I mean, jump. I mean, so. <laughs> I've heard it all. How have people received that whenever you say, hey, let's talk about hypnosis? Is that something that people are open to? Well. Or has it been a lot of resistance? Um, It depends on who. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that because the my main clientele and my main focus are the athletes and non-sport performers. Let me just add that too. So actors. High uh, performers though. Yes, still yeah. high performers, yep. um, artists. Uh, usually, if it's someone that has seen recent movies, <laughs> usually there's there's fear, I will say. Yeah. There's just a, um, a commonality or a constant fear or nervousness. Yeah. Because the fear is that their minds will be controlled. Yeah. Yeah, I think what the real I, fear, I, <laughs> yeah, I think what the real fear is yeah, yeah, yeah. really is yeah. that um something they really feel will come out. Yep. Aside from being controlled, mm-hmm. really no one can control your mind. And that is an important thing to say with hypnosis. Um no one can control your mind. It's still all your decision, even age regression. Yeah. If you bark like a dog, it's your choice to bark like a dog. <laughs> your subconscious choice have you had people start barking (laughs) no i have not i have not (laughs) no but um just throwing out you know if a client starts crying uncontrollably it means that we've touched something that needed to be healed and once that's released then the blockage is gone and then literally you can feel themselves start to to shift is that so we what you say blockage is that like Mm -hmm. the that that part of your life where you like, man, I'm numb to certain things. Is that is, um, is, is that the blockage feeling that that when people you, that, you say that that could be considered a blockage. Okay. Also, um, what I consider a blockage as a practitioner is something blocking 
your evolution ah, or your growth. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and speaking from a mental health perspective, it's it's a blind spot for some of us, mm-hmm. you know, and that sometimes shows up in the form of self sabotage. Mm-hmm. Or let's say you have a track star, and there's that one event that they just keep coming in second or third. Mm-hmm. What is really stopping them from be, from winning the gold? That there's a blockage. Mm-hmm. Most of the time there's a blockage. You know, you know it's funny. I, I, I look at um, CEOs. I look at actors, entertainers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. artists, athletes, of course. And you and I, I see I, I, because I was working with this one with this one with this one startup company that puts on mm-hmm. EEG headsets okay. and looks at people's brain when they're doing certain activities. Very interesting. And so, but but their minds. It's fascinating. It's, it's crazy to kind of see it on the EEG yeah. headset and see how the patterns kind of yeah. line up. I'm not a neuroscientist, but the guys I'm working with yeah. are. And, and they were- I'd love to talk to them. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to get you guys mm-hmm. linked up. Um, and, and it's one of those things where they're running those type of studies. Yes. So they can try to see, okay, if they can help identify Mm-hmm. certain young athletes earlier, right? So they want to know if someone thinks like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. He may be six one. he may, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, but does he have the type of mindset as some of these elite players? And mm-hmm. they're doing the same things for his CEOs and other athletes, mm-hmm. I mean, and other entertainers. And with the part that uh, the part that's interesting to me, when you talk about this blockage, mm-hmm. right? And I wonder how the mind would evolve if you start start moving back some of those barriers. Is mm-hmm. there anything out there that's kind of that's kind of shown that? Because um, man, I mean, I'm if there is, I'm about ready to be. Yeah, that's an interesting study. I actually yeah. uh, recently did a study on using hypnosis and in, in performers and non-sport, oh, uh, nice. uh, well, non-sport performers and athletes. And um, yes, there's there is literature out there that removing blockages through hypnosis, or let's say, let's speak in the affirmative, tapping into that extra extra zest or yeah. extra uh, fire, if you will, actually does help. But I have mixed feelings actually about that, um, looking at people's brains and being able to tell if we can determine the stars sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, ethically, I think that that would be a no-no. It's a huge it's, mess. It's, it was tough. It's it's yeah, subjective. It's, yeah. it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, because what one person might see as a star, mm-hmm. given a different set of circumstances, could be the very failure of a team. Interesting. And so I think it's just each situation is different. I think really the key is getting to the children and giving everyone at a young age the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that's when you don't have to really worry about who's thinking this way or who's thinking that way because there's enough success to go around. You, you, you know, I, I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, when we when we think about getting to the kids early, mm-hmm. we were talking about this, yeah. you know, right before we got in into uh, deeper into the convo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just kind of rolling. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, um, talking about kids coming up, is, mm-hmm. is there a certain age whenever kids maybe should think about meditating or, or maybe trying to get into some more mindfulness practices? Oh, I, I recommend that mothers... Me- meditate with their babies in the womb. Wow. I recommend the newborns meditate. My daughter and I meditate together. Yeah. Um, wake up in the morning and sometimes she'll come to me with her yoga mat and say, really? Mommy, let's go ahead and do a little meditating. 
Yes. Um, there was a study recently. Oh, that's got to be cool to see, though. Yeah. To have, yeah. You, have your daughter come <laughs> say, hey, I think we, I think both of us need this. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. It makes me so proud. It, yeah. You know, it's um, very affirming that, hey, this is the way to go. Um, and I did when with volunteering when I was uh, working with some of her classmates I did I, I uh, said well, okay guys we're going to meditate just a little bit if everyone yeah. <laughs> can't sit still and and of course they loved it wow um, I would say that any age newborn to elderly any age I would imagine that kids would have trouble trying to sit but do they or, or no it's, it's a matter of what how you how you view meditation. Okay. Because I like to say uh, some of my classes are even moving meditations. Okay. Um, I think now meditation, the word, is just more commonplace. So when kids hear meditation, they start sitting with their hands a certain way and start <laughs> chanting om or something and laughing. You know, can you imagine preteen boys <laughs> no. imitating? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. So. <laughs> no. Trying to keep me in my chair was chair, like, yeah. that, was, that was like crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the meditation, though, that helps them be still. Okay. And so we kind of, as a society, have things backwards. <laughs> like, oh, well, they're not going to be able to sit still, so they, they can't meditate. Right. Or I don't have time to meditate. I've had mom, busy moms, busy single moms, busy married moms, mm-hmm. any mom say to me, oh, I don't have time to meditate. That is the very reason why you should be meditating, because you literally gain more hours in the day because you're reprogramming your mind mm-hmm. and your body to act in harmony so then you're flowing through the day you actually gain more time man you know that's that's just fact Mm -hmm. i mean i mean like in my life anyway i mean that's Mm -hmm. just how it operates Mm -hmm. and um you know so one one of the things that i don't do well is sit down and meditate Mm -hmm. like i try to do the little i have this little calm app okay i was gonna ask if you meditate it yeah you do well no no let me be honest (laughs) Okay. I don't meditate like okay. in the seated position. Okay. But I will stop and I'll put this calm app on for like mm-hmm. five minutes or four minutes, whatever. And it's like these little ringing mm-hmm. bells to help you mm-hmm. try to, you know, go through this breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. I love that. But I, but I feel like when I work out, it's meditation. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it's short, and it, and I'm always zoning and out, even in that four or five minute zone. But I feel like I get my best med- meditation either when I go on long jogs. Okay. And I get these stretches where it's just like I'm not thinking anymore. Yeah. I'm just kind of going. There all, you go. Or once I'm training, like I'm working out and I start to get into the zone where I'm just like, I have this certain song on repeat and I'm just like in you're this in flow place. You're in a meditative place. state. Yeah, okay. You are. Okay. Yeah. I was ask you about that. Yeah. Okay, you, okay. Are, you definitely are in a meditative state. Okay. And that is a part of your health and yeah. wellness. And you need that. If you were to remove that piece yeah. of the long jogs, and zoning, getting into that zone, yeah. then you'd see a difference in every area of your life. That definitely is meditating. I think sometimes we have so many judgments yeah. and we're so regimented with, oh, at 8 a.m., I must meditate here. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it by 8 to this position and this song, then the whole week is messed up. And yeah. I just can't do it this week. I have to start next Monday. You know, so mm-hmm. we're so rigid with ourselves. I think just being gen- more gentle to ourselves and saying okay well my intention is to meditate if i can just put on an app for 30 seconds then that is meditating yeah yeah you you know so so even even with the movement though right Mm -hmm. so like we talk about moving around that still has some beneficial 
outcomes of if, if you can get into that oh, flowy place absolutely I mean, it, it, absolutely any any movement yeah and it doesn't even have to be again regimented or a certain thing i mean some people may like may like their crossfit mm-hmm. um or step aerobics well do your crossfit and step aerobics the key is doing something that you like that you can form a habit yeah with and where it becomes second nature and that you enjoy, you know? Interesting. So it's more about being in this rhythm than it seems like than it is about kind of what what exactly you're doing, but yep. just more so getting your body into this phase of being state able of to, flow. A state of flow. Mm-hmm. Okay. State of flow. Yeah. Um, you know, in harmony, mm-hmm. flow, equilibrium, <laughs> you know, all of those words. Yeah. Man, you know, um, so it's, it's funny, too, because talking about uh, meditation and flow states, and this is something that recently I got back into. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking mm-hmm. about three weeks in, like just really recent. <laughs> okay, brand new. I like it. <laughs> brand yeah. new, brand new. Because celebrate everyone. <laughs> hey, hey, you, because I, I, I literally have gone through this cycle of, you know, uh, habitual burnout. Okay. Because okay. I, I travel out for work, so okay. I'm running back and forth, and I'm okay. like, I just don't got time. And then I realized I was using this comedy mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably yeah. heard it all yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it's funny. I've been talking on, on my podcast a lot more. I was like, man, now I get what my clients were saying. But I'm like, yeah. I don't get what you're talking about. You you just can't stop eating bad food. You just can't stop <laughs> drinking because you because you're in such a bit, you know. Yeah. And, and it's just like you know being able to kind of force yourself to come off the gas. It feels like you're going to lose when you do that. Yeah. But it's actually the win. I mean, um, it is. Yeah. It is the win. Um, for example, a lot of major airports. Mm-hmm have express spas that you can go in even if you don't want a treatment yeah usually they have a quiet room you can go in yeah um i know for a fact the san francisco airport I've seen that one. Yep. you have yep. Yep. <laughs> have you ever used it Joe? i have i walk right past it every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you As don't I'm have time late to my yeah. flight, I'm, I'm, I'm late <laughs> I'm <gonna> go. <laughs> but you're right though you're right yeah they are there yeah and there's probably a flight like right after that that you could probably take to pad in a little extra time. Mm-hmm. It's just those when I speak of performance enhancement and not just working with athletes, but non-sport performers, executives, mm-hmm. you know, sales executives. It, it's you have to. It's integral because you can only give, you know, your best to your clients, to your family mm-hmm. if you are, op- you know, uh, operating at, a, at an optimal state. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and so you know when we talk about regimens, right? Because yeah. now we're getting the weeds. I want to give the audience something to kind of take away that whole time excuse, right? Yeah. As the person that's, that's good, you, I mean, because I use it, you know. So this is even this is even kind of selfish for myself here. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's like everybody's like no time. You know, the moms have no time, yeah. the dads have no time, and we don't. We've yeah. created a society that literally they're twenty four hours in a day, and it's not enough time. Yeah, for most. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and everybody's trying to compound what they're doing, uh-huh. and, and and you got to get your uh, content going. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of market your business, all your all yourself, whatever you're into. Yeah, how do you recommend people carve out that time for themselves? Is, mm-hmm. is it is it a morning thing that they have to do? Is it a, is it a late night thing, or, mm-hmm. or what's some thoughts on kind of best practices? I would say uh, rather than thinking of it as carving out. Because I think sometimes the overwhelmed feeling of carving out any space, yeah. again, comes up against the, well, there is no time to carve out. You right. know? So when you get into integrative, which is uh, how we operate in my practice, you get into integrating practices and modalities into your everyday 
Hmm. daily task. So if you are running through the airport, do you have on a monitor to see how many steps you're getting in? Or (laughs) or can you scoot to the right and put on some tennis shoes Mm -hmm. and walk fast or jog? You know, um, maybe that replaces your run for the day. Yeah. Um, Let's say it's somebody busy in carpool, a mom picking up kids in, in carpool at school. Well, while you're sitting at a standstill, you can put on meditation music and maybe you can put the car in park if you're at a standstill mm-hmm. and sit there for three to five minutes and breathe deeply. Oh. There you go. So I would say rather than carving out times, I, I would say integrating and incorporating these things into your daily life. Uh, you, you know, I, I love this idea of taking time to breathe. I mean, because, mm-hmm. again, I. You know, the meditating thing, me just sitting down, my, my mind always just jumps off. But the breathing yeah. part, I feel like it helps me kind of center myself a little yeah, bit. And it's the, true. Yeah, and, and at least kind of, you know, train me to kind of lock in for a little bit mm-hmm. and not think. That's true. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> oxygenating your cells. Wow. It's, um, I say deep breathing is like little love notes to your body. Yeah. It just, everything operates better. Yeah. Have you heard this thing called the Wim Hof method where they do like these, these rapid breathing techniques a little bit? And I have not, but okay. there are a lot of techniques yeah, out, sure out, yeah, out there. there. There's a lot. I have not. Yeah. That's um, that's something. Enlighten me. He believes in doing like a lot of uh, cold therapy. So okay. They, and so these guys take okay. ice baths for, for a while mm-hmm, and do, mm-hmm. do cold therapy, like contrast baths as well. Yeah. And there's like this deep breathing where they like try to blow out their bellies basically. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know. And then pull your belly button in super fast and super yeah. tight. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure if there's any extra benefit of doing it. I see it, and I see people practicing it, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it's yeah. if it's worth doing or me or whether I should just keep up with my regular regular stuff. You know, I think he's just taking a principle, an yeah. age old principle, and not no disrespect to yeah, the, you're um, right. yeah. to Mr. or Dr. Winhoff, but. Um, it, it, that that's a cleansing breath mm-hmm. in the comedic yoga that I studied and you're, you're literally rapidly expelling toxins uh, from the lungs and from sense. the body and in conjunction with the other therapies that you're doing it's just integrating that as yeah. well and there are a lot of methodologies out there um, so I say usually whatever works mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to find what does but that that's definitely a good way to to quickly expel toxins it is important you said bringing in your your belly and you know as much as you can when you're expelling the air out mm-hmm. it's important to get all of that that toxic air out old air and then inhale deep air releasing even more air than you just inhaled so you know because one of the common thoughts is the fact that you know that you're always circulating mm-hmm. the air but mm-hmm. but air gets kind of it just kind of lays in your diaphragm for a while. Is that what's happening? Or? No, not necessarily. Okay. It does. Think of uh, things in the state of flow as circular, mm-hmm. coming in and going out, coming in and going out. It's the way your body uses gotcha. the air. So even though technically it might not, especially with pollution and whatnot, be fresh air, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in L.A. Stepping yeah. up there. <laughs> it's got, it's got space hey, Atlanta's <laughs> close behind. Yeah, but... Um, it may not be technically fresh air, but still it's giving your body new oxygen from another source. It's not what we've already turned into carbon dioxide. Yeah. We're, we're pushing it out. Yeah. 
so do do you have any ones that like you really are super fans of any type of breathing techniques that maybe they like you're like oh this one is one that you really kind of grab onto uh, um one of my teachers uh uh yasir hotep he created comedic yoga hmm. he has a breathing called the rule of four breathing hmm. where you're inhaling and this is with your mouth closed through your nostrils holding it for four and then exhaling I for like four that. also because uh you know the thought is that activating the parasympathetic nervous system mm -hmm. you don't really have time for anxiety you know, you, you really, you're not focusing on the things that are causing anxiety. And you're literally calming your nervous system down with those counts. So you kind of take away that actual option for your body to even deal with stress. You do. While you're physiologically, so mentally you're taking that away. Right. While physiologically, you're also taking it away. So it's, you know, mind and body together. Can we talk yeah. about stress now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, because, uh, you know, this is something that I was really excited to bring you mm -hmm. on so we can dive into because yes. um, shutting down and really focusing on your breathing, I think, is a great tool. Mm -hmm. And talking about how stress has is, is running rampant right now. Yes. And they feel like it's tied to almost every disease from what it we is. see, right? It is. is. Right? Okay. Yeah, it really is. Even without the science. And the science is there. Yeah. To prove it. Uh, I have this picture that um and i need to to credit i'll have to send it to you and maybe we can discuss it yeah. at a subsequent time but it literally shows reactions in the body with certain emotions hmm. how certain emotions and feelings impact organs in the body that's crazy yeah it was very very scary if you will you know what's wild about it is that i i wouldn't even really be able to understand that if I didn't see some of those images from earlier this year with like EEG headsets to see yeah. how people's brain lights up with certain things hit. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And so if you take that yeah. and your exposure to those things and think about stress and how much, what whether it is advertent or inadvertent stress, mm -hmm. it's still stress. And yes, the body sees some stresses, you know, as more natural stressors, but we are in a state of fight or flight all the time. Mm -hmm. So we have to consciously do things to activate our parasympathetic nervous system and calm ourselves down. Yeah. You, you know, especially for those high performers. You talk about the CEO. <laughs> you talk about oh, the guys yeah. that have to perform in front of people, right? Yeah. I mean, and you got you got the athletes that got to show up. And we're looking mm -hmm. at every metric that they do. Everything. You know, and we're yeah. analyzing and splitting those hairs. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, stress is a is is a nonstop. It is, and and that's not even talking about like the whole family life yet. It even got into not the everyday even. living yet. Not even. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, high performers, and uh, very high level thinkers, uh, pride themselves off of thriving on stress. Right. They say, "Oh, I'm in the zone. You know, I'm thriving on stress." When really, yeah. yes, they may in the moment. But who knows what damage that stress is doing over time? Hmm. Yeah, it's true. Is there good stress? Is, are there good stressors? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people may disagree with me on that. I don't think so. I think that um, an area of high and low is out of the flow. Hmm. Yeah. 
I like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. An area of high and lows out of the flow. Okay. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, Brian's too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, but because yeah. for, because for years we're like, okay, we want to work out hard. Mm-hmm. We want to stress mm-hmm. the muscle. We want to stress mm-hmm. the body, and then we can repair it, and then it grows back stronger, yeah. right? Um, but you think about the same thing happening. Mm-hmm. If it and, and I think to your point, the fact that we're in this nonstop stressor, like mm-hmm. you wake up, your phone's dinging at you, probably. Unless you've done yeah. a good job of putting it away, which I never do. <laughs> right? Why am I not surprised? I know, right? As a guy that doesn't have time. No right. time to stop in San Francisco. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I'm, all right. So, you know, and you look at these some of these athletes. I, I know that there's mm-hmm. athletes coming out talking about being stressed. And especially some of the bigger guys. It's not a typical thing. Yeah. How's that being received, do, do, do you believe, with your actual clients? You, th- you, you think mm-hmm. that... Your your clients are getting to the point where they feel empowered enough to kind of say, hey, you know, I'm mental overload now. Or is that still like mm-hmm. a taboo subject? I'm just curious from the, you know, yeah, what's happening well, inside your practice. Unfortunately, I'm doing a lot of triage. And I say triage, um, medical term, not necessarily emergency room, not mm-hmm. from that perspective. But triage meaning burnout. Yeah. People, by the time people come to me, Um, for stress mitigation techniques or performance enhancement techniques. It's usually because they've hit a brick wall. Um, To answer your question of whether they're, you know, is good stress and just answer that high or low, not in the flow. Mm -hmm. I also think that um, even beyond stress, one of the side effects of stress is anxiety. You know, and so that's why... It's the precursor, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And then you have anxiety and usually... Uh, depression accompanies anxiety. It, and so we're seeing a lot of that, and we're also seeing a lot of undiagnosed anxiety because of what you said. Is it still a taboo? Yeah. People still don't want to admit it. Although I will say um, I definitely give credit to a young gentleman on the Philadelphia Eagles oh, yeah. football team, yeah. Brandon Brooks, I believe. Yeah, that's him, yeah. Yeah, Big yeah. Left, yeah. Left tackle dude, yeah. Yeah, made a brave decision to say, hey, I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. I cannot. And I don't what I I think people don't need to understand is that a lot of times we're used to pushing anxiety to the side, anxiety to the side, but it can literally be debilitating for some people. When you're having an anxiety attack, your body literally will feel like it can't move. And for some people, their anxiety is that severe. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you you hear about it too. People feel like they had a stroke when mm-hmm. they say they had a anxiety attack, and they it's might true. they might have chest pains. They yeah, say, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. So it's that's it trying to manifest itself in the body. Yeah, is that right? That is that is that's crazy. It's true. It's true. But self healers learning how to heal mm-hmm. and give your body the tools that it needs to heal uh, before we get to that point, we can do things like meditation or deep breathing and see these things a lot of times people want it to happen overnight but these are daily practices that over time Mm -hmm. you see improvement or over time maybe oh i don't have anxiety yeah because you've been meditating for 10 years yeah Uh, no i've only been meditating about two weeks but no remember when we talked about that run yeah and how that was your meditative state for you yeah well, yes, you have been meditating for 10 years. That's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So 
it's a matter of how we see things also. You know, it's, you know, what's wild about it. You know, we talk about healthcare and we talk about a preventive medicine and, you know, I really feel like the message the messaging I'm hoping will get stronger. And I want to use this platform mm-hmm. to help do that mm-hmm. is that, you know, um, it's one of the goals. Yeah. And, and it's like, I think employers though are the most incentivized to really say, all right, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. Insurance companies, they're like, ah, they'd rather not spend the money. They don't want to, right? I mean, you know, I think. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts? Here? What I'm, what I'm finding is in working with several companies, a blanket statement mm-hmm. really isn't the case anymore. Hmm. I think there are some insurance companies that are doing things differently, and kudos to them. I feel like hopping for them, but I also think that um, other employers, even if they're incentivized may not be doing certain things also. I, I think that I've seen things across the board, wherein I teach uh, Pilates and yoga in uh, one of the big corporate buildings here. Okay. Yeah, where Deloitte um, is. Yeah. And the Commerce Club. And so what I see there is because there's so many companies, I think that's like one of the largest uh, buildings in downtown Atlanta. Yeah, it's huge. Because there's so many companies there. Um I think there is incentive because they can aggregate Mm -hmm. their their resources and provide services. Mm -hmm. There's even a golf simulation simulator in that building, you know, so (laughs) that's relaxing. Right. Yeah. So, again, combined resources yields more, you know, benefits. Yeah. Um, And then I think there may be some smaller companies that will really love to provide these services. They're like, man, that'll just break us if we do. Yeah. So what's the what's the solution for everyone? And I think some kind of um, regulation really on what is required in preventative care, mm-hmm. because companies will see the difference. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my services aren't covered by insurance. Gotcha. Because and that's why it's important. To get the doctorate, to have the science Mm -hmm. behind it, because then you have the proof there that this is working. Mm -hmm. And so I I like to say that um, in my program, we're probably about 10 years ahead of our time. I was about to say, (laughs) no, no, I I think it's beautiful, too, because the fact that there I feel like certain CEOs know it. But Mm -hmm. like you said, trying to pay for each and every their employers, even for a small company of 50 or something Mm -hmm. like that, that can add up pretty quick. It can. can add up. I mean, but. But but then you think about the fact that you'll pay it on the back end. Yeah. But then employer also says they might not even be here for the next two, yeah. three years, right? Yeah. I mean that's that's a real yeah, conversation they, too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I, I mean I mean so you, you, you have mm-hmm. to make some time some type of government regulation or mm-hmm. a, a policy yeah. to at least encourage it, you know? Yes. Yes. Um and I'm not sure I'm not to get into politics here, yeah, but <laughs> but I uh, attended a breakfast a couple of weeks ago with um, presidential candidate Senator Kamala Harris. Hey. And she was taught. Yeah, she was talking. It was really, really great uh, energy in the room. But she was talking about providing um, not only incentives for medical care, but also providing incentives for people that go into those fields because now not many people are going into the teaching professions and mental health professions because, you know, counselors aren't making that much money. It's true. Because it is, it's a service, service profession. So um, that is something that would be really good too, because then you, you get more people going into these professions and then you have more people advocating on Capitol Hill for um, these incentives and, 
and then it trickles down. That's inter- that, that's an interesting conversation to have because you're right. Like so, people do get into these professions, and they're proud to be orthopedic surgeons. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're proud to be certain type of you know yeah. doctors and healthcare providers. But then there's other ones that are more the you know preventative, especially the mental health side, yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, we'll give you guys a couple dollars to be. <laughs> you need yeah. to be right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's true. And it's like, well, if we did something up front, maybe we we'll won't have to pay so much on the back end, yeah. right? I mean, um, very you know, true. Uh, What's your whole thoughts on this is, you know, uh, conversation I'm throwing out to a lot of people these days. Uh, what's your thoughts on how healthcare should be divided, right? As far hmm. as when it comes to the right side of like, I don't mean right like, you know, politics, but the right of like everyone should have it. It's a right. It's a human right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus the privileged aspect. Because right now I feel like in the U.S., the privileged conversation is where we lay, right? It's like it does. if you got it, then you can get it. You know, if you got the money to pay, you know, yeah, hundred bucks per session, so you can have your own private instructor. Boom, you can yeah. do it. And if you have the money to afford that, you should be a little bit better off than someone else who might not be able to do that, right? And yeah. And um, what's your thoughts on on, on right versus privilege? It, it's funny because we touched on that in regard to children a little bit mm-hmm. um, earlier, but I definitely, um, you know, I I. I I really hate that we even have to have the conversation of whether it should be a right or divide, you know, even using uh, words like that that have a negative connotation. It's like, well, you know, that's just common, a common sense or commonality. Mm -hmm. The human beings are human beings. Unfortunately, as our society is now, that definitely is the case um, because I said that our, our program with Mind Body Medicine is about 10 years ahead of its time. Well, I also say that there are people that are, are already um, seeking those services, and usually it's not the underserved. Yep. Um, I think that it's, it's almost as if, um, if certain people can afford certain things, we want to keep them healthy. <laughs> And unfortunately, and that's why one of the missions of my company is, regardless of socioeconomic status, is in, in the line because it, it's true. Everyone need, deserves the right to be healthy. Yeah. Um, so that's my take on that. Now, how mm-hmm. is an even deeper question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think it will take a lot of us talking about it more um, because if we don't speak up or say anything and just keep going to our expensive doctors because we can't afford them and have that first world privilege, yeah. um, then it won't necessarily matter what the third world or, you know, even people in our first world who may still be living similarly yeah. to third world countries. It's it's, it's wild to, to kind of think about, like I was, I was telling, you, t- telling you and your husband, Mike, earlier, it's like I'm about to head off to Germany because that's where my employers based out of and mm-hmm. it's cool to see that fact mm-hmm. that you know it's ev- dope by the way what is that so that's dope by the way oh, appreciate yeah. it, appreciate uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. but 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 it's like literally like everyone there has coverage and it's wild to see yeah. that you know the you know country that's the size of maybe south carolina and georgia combined <laughs> you know like yeah you know I, I mean don't get me wrong you know i mean we're, we're also you know we're, we're we're huge and we have different we're very fragmented mm-hmm. at times and we got different belief systems but it's hard to have a common sense conversation with someone that says, hey, if your grandma needs X service and you don't have X amount of dollars, which will probably be in a five-figure range, mm-hmm. cash, 
you know, liquid. Yeah. I don't mean yeah. like, hey, you can get a, get some get some money up eventually or no. cash in some stocks. I mean like you right need now. this. <laughs> you know, you got eighteen hours to come up with something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, if you don't have that, how is it not an easy right type of human right conversation? It's kind of unfortunate it because is. because even over there, don't get me wrong, they still got the problems. Yeah, they have long wait times now because everybody mm-hmm. has access. Yeah, and there's other things where you know that wellness aspect still is like a luxury. Mm-hmm. How we experience the luxury, but mm-hmm. it's like, um, but here it's a super luxury. I it feel is, like. yeah. and 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 some might argue the quality of care too. Yep. You know, they say, well, yeah, everyone has it, but the wait times yep. is an argument against that, and then also um, the quality of care. Is an argument against uh, a German healthcare system, um, and then taking away. Some people see that as taking away freedom. Yeah. Also, you know. What's your thoughts there? Go, go ahead. I know you uh, got some. You know I have some. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> you know I have. Some. Yeah. I think I have a thought on everything in regard to uh, mental, physical, spiritual health. I really do, and uh, we haven't even touched on the spiritual aspect, but that's another uh, another conversation. Yeah, also, um, as far as you know, quality and arguments of taking away freedom. I still think it's from a privileged perspective because when you're just trying to live, (laughs) a question of freedom becomes irrelevant. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, mean, you you know, it's one of the reasons why I love health Mm -hmm. is because it's the it's the great equalizer Mm -hmm. to me. It's like if you don't get that, you really your bank account. Nobody cares. No, <laughs> no, doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't you're not matter. here. Yeah, I don't care what you pulled up in. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know, you can't even pull up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not the here. Pull up's not even happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just basic. <laughs> I, I love how we're kind of flowing with this, man, because I think there's a lot of things that that you're doing that's really good for the whole Thank community, you. especially for Atlanta. I, I love the fact that Atlanta. I feel like. Um, after not being here for a couple of years, has evolved in some ways, right? It has. It has in a lot of ways. Um, okay. No, I, I, one of the ways that I would like for it to evolve more is the preventative yes, that's wellness. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I love you mentioned this earlier, especially because you were in health and fitness here in Atlanta at, at some time. And I love how the health and fitness and boutique fitness has just taken off. It's exploded. It's like. exploded. It has, but it's still a luxury ticket item because mm-hmm. classes are anywhere between 20 and 50 bucks a class. Per you know? visit. Yeah, yep. per visit. Um, and so that's something also, but it has, it has exploded. Um, as far as wellness services, I do see Atlanta still being segregated. Mm in that regard yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know it's the part that I, I, i'm not sure people are even looking at do you feel like, mm-hmm. do you, i mean because i think i think when, when people think about health now it's like mm-hmm. do you have a six-pack are you on instagram you know you know what i mean yeah. like and it's yeah. that but it's not the, the other parts well there are so many trainers out out here that do look good mm-hmm. and and you you mentioned earlier from aesthetic point mm-hmm. that's wonderful mm-hmm. but sometimes if you take their vitals or maybe do a blood workup they aren't really healthy, yeah. but they look good. And so I think that may be where Atlanta is right now. Yeah. Um, there's some really cool uh, counterparts we have all over the city who are doing some really, really cool mind-body things with yoga and meditation. and um, But they're usually teaching either here or outside of here hmm. um, in other places. 
And and I think that's because it really is as a business owner hard to sustain business with where people are hmm. right now. I think people will pay for again the aesthetics, but they still haven't really caught on to the value of preventative care or holistic modalities. That's still coming. We're in California or mm-hmm. I've seen in other places, it definitely is a must, you know. You've got to have your holistic stuff. 100%. I mean, you know, it's funny. You're right about that. And I feel like um, a lot of things, and and of course you already know this because you used to live out there, and it's like a lot of that aesthetics conversation has been has happened decades ago in like L.A. Like you think about like Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. fighting, yeah. right? And, and everybody was kind of juicing and everybody, yeah. everything, hey, everybody looked great. The raw <laughs> muscle beach doing our yeah. thing. But 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 now it's like a lot more of like hey we got to figure out how to ground ourselves and you, yeah you, you said know. ground yourself I love it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean and for the audience who doesn't know about that do you mind talking a little bit about yeah, about grounding yourself sure I just uh, I don't know if it, everyone heard me earlier but I was talking about a state of flow mm-hmm. and uh, anything outside of I will just say equilibrium feeling centered. I would say grounded, feeling grounded is a synonym for that. Grounded is a state of feeling rooted and secure with right where you're standing. Yeah. 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 Have you have you seen people, um, and I guess this is one of the things that my wife's trying to get me to get mm-hmm. do more of. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's pushing me into this woo-woo corner. But, but, but I'm like, <laughs> I love her already. <laughs> it might have some playoff. Uh, love it, her it, already. It, she's like, you got to take your shoes off outside. Because it, it really kind of helped you yeah, kind of grounding, especially in the grass. At yeah. The park. Yeah. 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 It's really grounding or just laying in the grass yeah. at a park. Definitely grounding. You're feeling one with the earth. Right. Right. You can't help but be grounded. Feeling the earth. It does have some benefit. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's happening to me. <laughs> you know, I, I like, you know, I like keeping my kicks on outside. Just, I'm, I'm way too city for that. I come from Pittsburgh. Right. Can you imagine how this guy looks? That's okay. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. So it's you're true. good. Yeah. It's true. And, and so just kind of talking about her for a second, mm-hmm. she's huge into dance. And she oh, loves I love that. She loves this whole uh, movement, this medicine yes. approach. And, of course, I'm already into it, too. Mm-hmm. But um, can we talk a little bit about movement as medicine? I think this, sure. is, this is one of those angles that I think people need to express and practice. But Absolutely. how does it relate to dance? What's your, what's your thoughts on the future of it? Uh, Yeah, I'll let you dive in. Yeah, sure. um, And let's see, the mid-1990s, dating myself now, but in the mid-90s, I started studying kinesiology in my dance program at UNC Charlotte. Um, And we started learning about how all the bones and muscles work together, Mm -hmm. essentially learning dance from inside out. Mm. Um, And when you look at indigenous persons, uh, whether it be Native American, Anyone throughout the African diaspora, uh, anyone uh, in Latin America, you can always see that um, their celebrations are akin to dance. Yeah. Um, and uh, even if it's a celebration of life at a funeral, there is dancing. Yeah. And so when you think from starting at the foundation in that regard, all of that plays a part into releasing energetically in the body because energy healing and studying energy medicine also through my program <laughs> yeah, yeah yet another thing <laughs> yes we we all are made up of energy and sometimes things that um lie dormant in the body or things that are going on in the body just simply 
needs to be released. And sometimes movement is that way. For you, it may be you're running Mm -hmm. or lifting or or what have you. For me, it may be yoga and Pilates. For your wife, it may be dance. she, you know, with the movement, she's expressing herself. It may even be a way of mental health for her also, you know. How much how much of it do you believe is is is, is cultural or maybe kind of, you know, tap based onto our DNA? Because you talk about people that are African descent. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that's the, that's a that's a big piece into the fact that yeah. dance may play a bigger part in how we're made up opposed and pretty much how energy moves for us yeah i think that um without actually having data Mm -hmm. in front of me but just all of the dance that i've studied uh the different types from you know modern to to jazz to uh even uh traditional west african dance all of that kind of plays a part into how we operate in subsequent generations Mm -hmm. um my grandmother (laughs) right now she is dancing in the hospital bed you know that is it's in her um ingrained in her so yes i do i do believe that not only dance carries through generations and maybe um dna specific but i also believe everything a lot of things are come through generations good and bad yeah and so in that self-healing we're you know really required to promote and bring with us what serves us and leave behind what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Have Have you seen any type of research based on or any data out there about what type of dance is the most healing? Um, I think it's subjective. Yeah. Yeah, I think for everyone it's different. Just similarly to the way you fast mm-hmm. versus the way your wife fasts. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a style of dance that you might like, or just <laughs> walking with your shoes on or off <laughs> in the grass. Yeah, I like the shoes on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> shoes on, but um. It, it may be healing to her to do modern dance or ballet. You know, that may be healing to her. But no, I don't think that there is one particular type of dance. I have studied how movement in general can help with, with healing, yeah. but not necessarily any particular type. Because then you get into actually having to um, qualify and quantify which people feel certain ways and receive certain benefits from each particular type of dance. That actually might make a good study. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. If you need somebody to be offbeat, I got you. Okay, <laughs> okay. got. <laughs> duly noted, duly noted. Yeah. All right. I, I got a couple personal questions here. Okay. And, and, and we're going to wrap up in a little bit, but I, I really, I'm curious about this one. Yeah, go for it. Why do you feel like there aren't, there isn't a lot of black women represented in healthcare, I feel like there's. I, hmm. I haven't seen the research. Mm-hmm. This is purely me just going off my own, yeah. you know, observational yeah. data here. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that might be a layered question mm-hmm. because we speak of in healthcare, mm. uh, and then you look at how in healthcare, because of course, being a black woman myself, I do know quite a few black women in healthcare. Of course. And I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, very, very high concentration of black women. Uh, so my view of black women in healthcare may be skewed, and and I get that. I will say in my PhD program, there are less than a handful of us in the program, unfortunately, and we're on the cusp of the future of healthcare. Um, so in talking about that with my cohorts, 
I just believe that there are a lot of us, and when I say us, speaking of other black women, in healthcare, it's just where. Mm. I know probably disproportionately so there are a lot of black nurses and nursing is a wonderful, wonderful field. Yep. Um, then physicians, probably the numbers I would imagine go down a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then as far as alternative health modalities, probably even more. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that has to do with the pipeline and kind of coming full circle to what we were talking about with children earlier. Mm. I think we just need to go back and get the children and show them us. So the thing for me to do is to mentor someone younger who may not have even known that there is such a thing as what I do, because unless we expose the children, there is no pipeline. So I really think that that's what it has to do with, um, not enough of a pipeline to keep the numbers increasing. Yeah. I think that's phenomenal. I mean, I mean, and you know, I think that's a, it's a perfect way to wrap up actually, because yeah. I want to, I want to have you back. Hopefully we can do this in like San Diego. Absolutely. Next time. Yes. I, yes. I, I mean, because the representation, mm-hmm. oh, it, it, it changes everything. Representation matters. It really it does. It matters, Joe. I mean, j- just knowing that there's someone else that, looks like you may have the same dialect from mm-hmm. the same neighborhood however mm-hmm. that looks man does it impact how you in, envision your actual future for yourself absolutely absolutely i, I agree 100 percent. so you have to plug away you got to tell people okay. how to find you how absolutely. to find your website whatever your uh favorite platform is to it absolutely um again my name is Lene braxton I am the founder of Holistic Performance Center, and we can be reached at www.holistic, that's just spelled H-O-L, yes, uh, performancecenter.com. That's holisticperformancecenter.com, and we're on Facebook and Instagram at Holistic Performance Center. Lene Braxton, this has been a pleasure. Likewise, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to next time. Ah, next time is going to be killer. Yeah. I mean, this was killer, but next time is even more killer. I can yeah. Tell. yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, <laughs> Thank you. Just like that, guys, it's a wrap. Please go out, check out her website, get yourself a guided meditation. If you're feeling stressed out to the max, try to deploy and try to implement some of these strategies. Just a quick meditation, nice jog, nice walk. Um, I'm practicing it myself. I'm no expert at this, obviously, as you can hear in the interview, but it's definitely worth implementing and trying to hack away at your own process to drop into your own flow state. With that said, guys, please go rate it, subscribe, tell a friend about it so they can tell a friend about it, and make sure that you go show Lene some love. Struggling to connect with buyers in an overcrowded, noisy sales landscape? Today's buyers want more than a spray and pray email blast. Launch a podcast and collaborate on content with people that matter most in your industry. Learn more at salesculture.work.